Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 254. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio, sweetie? I'll tell you why. Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? You know why else? Why? This week, we got this email from somebody, and they said, you are on a top seven list of oh, yeah. best podcasts, best parenting podcasts um, on, what was it called? Um, Business Insider. Business Insider. That was nice. You know what was cool about it? Tell me. There were seven podcasts there, and I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but they're all really, they're, some of them are NPR, and one of them is Slate, and one of them is Adam Carolla's wife, and they're kind of like, uh, you know. The real deal. They're the real deal, and we, we're in a basement. It's kind of like when I used to wrestle in high school. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you'd like make it from regionals to sectionals and like, you know, the talent increases when you go from regionals to sectionals. And, you know, if I was lucky enough to make it to sectionals that year, I'd be like, oh my God, all these people are good. And then you don't think like, I'm good. Right. I'm here for a reason. So are we at sectionals? We are at sectionals. We're not at state yet. Maybe one day we'll make it to state, sweetie. Um, always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So today we're going to talk about presence. Is that the deal? Presence. And we're going to talk Deepak. It comes from Deepak, right? Yeah, but you know what? It's not so much Deepak that I want to talk about. We're not getting into it yet, though, sweetie. Oh, well, can I just finish the statement, though? Why don't you tease it? It's just about uh, a way that he defines what it means to be present because what I find, and I'm sure you guys find the same thing, is when people say you have to live in the moment, you know, enjoy um, the present moment, people are like, yeah, I got to be present. I got to be present. And they don't even know what that means. And so I feel like this gives a a good, uh, at least knowledge-based understanding. The practice yeah, is... <laughs> well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This gives a knowledge base. I cannot not play that clip. I know. Um, understanding of what presence is. But again, using Eckhart Tolle's language, it's simply an arrow. And you follow the arrow to understand what it means to practice in your own life. So I just wanted to share it. Not now, I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll get to that. So I want to read a quote from a very smart person. You ready, sweetie? Yeah. And then I want you to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Life is good because I can do this, he said while explaining his new adventure. Life is good because I can do this, she said while sitting and listening to the birds. So they practiced seeing and understanding. They practiced doing both. They practiced loving each other this way. Who wrote that, sweetie? (laughs) I wrote that. When did you write that? Saturday. What were we doing? We were... You wanted to go on an adventure, and I wanted to listen to the birds. Will you describe the context of sure. how that kind of pieced together? Because I think it's a lesson. First of all, when you posted this, I'm like, oh, wow, that's really profound. I just thought you found this quote somewhere. I didn't know that you wrote it. So nice job for that, sweetie. I'm going to give you a, um applause. Thank you. I'm, that's my poetry. It is. So if you're listening to this on your phone and you need to listen to it again, just hit rewind, hit the back 30 seconds button. But how did we come to this? So we came to that because on Saturday morning, Todd woke up early and he rode his bike and he went to yoga and he met some friends for breakfast and he came home. And in that morning, I had also gotten up early, but I had kind of sat outside and I was reading my book and I was just enjoying a low key Saturday morning. And Todd rolls in on his bike and he sits down and he says, I have this plan. And he barely like even sat down, like he'd already been on an adventure. And he said, we have, I want to go to Chicago and ride our bikes on the lakefront. And I kind of thought, okay, well, cause we've been riding bikes a lot. And I, I kept listening. I was like, all right. And he goes, but we have to be on the train in 19 minutes. 19 minutes. And now I did preface it by saying, you may not like this idea. I think I might even said you're going to, I have an idea that you're going to hate. Well, and it, and here's why I struggled with the way you prefaced it is because I don't hate the idea of going to Chicago and riding our bikes on the lakefront. In 19 minutes you do. Right. The whole idea. I was encapsulating the idea and I'm like, she's not going to go for this at all. And 
I think that my visual, like the glasses I'm wearing in that moment, is you literally have already been on a three-hour adventure. Yeah. You've come home. You're barely – you're sitting on the edge of your seat. <laughs> you haven't even sat back. You just handed me a coffee. So I haven't even had coffee. Yeah. That was nice, by the way. I texted Todd and I said – he was on a bike. And I said, do you think you could get me coffee on the way home? And you just wrote, you bet. Acts and of service, You sweetie. rode home with one hand. One hand on the – on the bar and one hand. The handlebar? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so, we did uh, love languages in my men's group. For those of you interested in my men's group, the tribemensgroup.com. But yes, love languages was the focus. But go ahead. Okay. So um, we so he said that. And I, I think the reason it prompted a big conversation, and I know that's not what you really wanted to have in that moment, was I have some baggage of if I say no, I don't want to do that. And I kind of made a face like, ah, 19 minutes. I haven't had my coffee. We don't, you know, the girls have something. We would have to stop what we were doing, stop talking and motivate and get to the train. I mean, we would have been lucky if we would have made it. And it, for me, I'm just speaking for myself, it defeats the purpose. Of Saturdays? Of Saturdays. I don't mind going and riding my bike. It's not that I need to sit in this chair all day, but I, the word that I have everywhere in my head and all over my house is flow, flow, not be on mercy of a schedule, not be everywhere at a certain time. I don't want to be at the mercy of a schedule without getting too far in this. Basically, I said to Todd, the thing that bothers me the most is something I think I had from childhood or maybe from college or whatever, is if I say, no, I don't want to do this, your assumption is you're not spontaneous and you're not fun. Mm -hmm. And you said, I didn't say that. And I said, I know that, but I've had that feedback enough. And it's not even a true statement because I do want to ride my bike and I do want to do that thing. But the way you're positioning it doesn't sound fun. Sweetie, do you love having fun? I love not having fun, like George Michael and Arrested Development. Um, so you have to find that clip. I know. I love not having fun. Uh, so anyway. So then you said no, and I'm like, that stinks to yeah. myself. But I'm like, all right, let's roll with it because in a relationship, you got to roll with it. It's not all about what I want. Right. It's not all about what you want. Oh, there's one other story I need to tell. Okay. Can we finish this one let's before finish this we launch one into this one? So what um, – I- so, we, so we said let's come up with a plan B. So we did and we went bike riding in Oak Brook and it was beautiful and we figured that out and Skyler came with us and it was lovely. Um, but the thing that I want to say is that I knew that – Todd would kind of be annoyed that I was like, we need to speak deeply about this thing you just asked me to do. And you weren't really annoyed, but you were like, okay, another deep story. But that's one of those moments of what I said to him is you carry the knowledge about my, about me that, you know, that's hard for me to do Mm -hmm. to, to go from zero to 60 like you do, especially you riding home and you've already had a two hour adventure. Yeah. Yet you still ask me to do these things. And so it's kind of like uh, you know the knowledge. You know that I, I know it, but yet I still put you in the position of something that I know you're not going to want to do. And then, you know, here's where things get crazy. And then I'm like, well, but I can't tell you to not ask me those things because right. you may want to do this. My point is, is about walking you guys through this conversation. There's no finality to this conversation. We just need to constantly talk about these things, even without coming to a, okay, now, Todd, here's how you talk to me. Mm -hmm. Here's how I talk to you. We didn't complete it. No. I just needed to say, here's how I feel. And then I went, we went on a bike ride. And while we were on the bike ride, Yes. this, I wrote this in my head. I'll read it again. Life is good because I can do this, he said while explaining his new adventure. Life is good because I can do this, she said while sitting and listening to the birds. So they practice seeing and understanding, period. They practice doing both. They practice loving each other this way. Um, You're right. There was no finality other than the fact that we did come up with a compromise where we took our time. We went to a different bike path that was closer to the house, gave us more of the day to yeah. do what we wanted. So it wasn't as big of a commitment. We weren't on a time schedule. Right. We could have stayed out there for three hours, 30 minutes. Right. And then, cause what I didn't want to do was to sit on the front porch and listen to the birds all day. And you weren't saying that, but that's what I was worried about. Like if we just have it like as another normal day, like it's Saturday, let's go out and do something. So like I have needs that don't match your needs. You have needs that don't match my needs. And somehow we got to figure and this is what really, this is the work of relationships because it would have been easy for me to huff off and say, you know what? You don't like to have fun. And I storm (laughs) off or you, or you would be like, fine, let's go. 
and then you're like pissed. Right. So there's just so many different ways to handle it. And instead we had a conversation. And I, I think that it's an ongoing conversation and there, there are no absolutes. There's no rules about you can't say this or I can't do this. It's just, um, continuous. And I think that the, you know, the final thing about they practice loving each other this way is that all we're trying to do in life, not just Todd and I, but all of us with our kids, you just want to feel like people see you and understand you and hear you and respect your decisions and that they don't put a box around you and say, you are this. Because one thing, you know, I talk a lot about that I have just as many introverted tendencies, if not more than extroverted, that I love to be spontaneous at the same time. I love to have, you know, paradise zero. Yeah. We're all over the place. We're all of us. And so one of my, I think one of our things that we get targeted with in like middle school or maybe younger or older in college, wherever is people decide you are this. Mm-hmm. You're and a fun hater. You're an introvert. You're, exactly. You you don't, you're, you're not spontaneous. You don't, and none of those things are really true for anybody right. because we're all at different, depending on the day, depending on what's going on, we're all at different stages of, we're all at a different place depending on what's going on with us emotionally. And I also, something that I really strongly believe in that I am trying to, um, to be more conscious of in my life is that we don't have to plan as much as we think we do. That the reason Saturdays and Sundays feel good to the majority of us, and I know a lot of us are just as busy on Saturday and Sunday, but for those of you that know what I mean, like on a vacation, the reason we enjoy it is because we do fill up our day, but we're going with a rhythm, a natural rhythm of, oh, look, there's a path, or oh, look, um, we met this person, or oh, and we're kind of following a rhythm without a structured plan, and that's why it feels good. And I kind of like to do that in work and I like to do that, you know, on the weekend and sometimes it backfires where you don't find anything. Right. But is that bad? Yeah. And and that's my question. So that was the conversation Todd and I had. So um, our first partner, and then I want to tell my quick story and then we sure. can get into the guts of the show, is uh, John J. Kelly, Comprehensive Dentistry. John's a good friend of ours. He helps us with uh, all three of our daughters and he actually cleans our teeth. Um, he His specialty is airway and facial orthotropics for... Um, kids who are in, into getting the braces that phase of their life. So if you have a kid, um, you know, in that age, I invite you to give him a call, 773-631-6844. And John's website is chicagodentistonline.com. My story is, sweetie, you had a conversation with one of our daughters this morning on the way to school. <laughs> will you, uh, oh my will God, you tell us what that was all about? So it's still nice out here in Chicago, um, still summery, and I was giving my daughter a ride to school, and Todd bought, what, what's that thing called on our bike? It's like a trailer thing where it's, they- It's not a trailer, though, because they don't sit. They actually pedal. Right. They, they pedal. They have the handlebars. It, it attaches to the back, to your seat. And they don't steer. They just hold on the handlebars and they pedal. So it's kind of like a tandem bike a little yeah. bit, but for a kid. Right. So um, Cameron was on her own bike. JC takes the bus. She's in a different school. Cameron was on her bike. I had Skyler on the back of this bike and we start riding. And this is how we've been riding to school. This is our fourth day. And while we're on the bike, Skyler goes, Mom, why don't you ever ride the bike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of had a laugh like I am riding the bike. And I go, well, I am like right now. And she goes, no, you never go on rides with us. Mm-hmm. And I said, well... What about, you know, like last week we went to Chipotle twice. The whole family rode our bikes downtown and we sat. Oh, my my microphone fell over. That happens. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, we rode our bikes downtown twice. And you remember that? You played in the fountain, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, yeah. She goes, but you usually, or didn't she, she didn't say usually. She said, but you never go with us when we're going on a ride. Yeah. And I said, honey, what about yesterday when your dad and I took you out to Oak Brook and yeah, we went like on a ride? Yeah, like an hour bike ride. Yeah, like the one we were just explaining in our previous story. And she's like, well, yeah. And then I realized well, this is like a, a fruitless conversation yeah. because she had already had her mind made up yeah. that I don't go on bike rides. And mm-hmm. I think that originates from years ago. Mm-hmm. And even though that isn't true. You go on more bike rides now than you did before, but she's still living in the before. Yes. She's living in the 
you know, I have three little kids at home and Todd would be like, we're going to go for a bike ride. You just stay home. Yeah. And I loved that. Mm. And I'd be like, okay, bye, go, go, Mm. go. And now the kids are a little older and it's not quite as taxing in the ways that it used to be. So I am going on the, my bike, Right. but it's like, she can't even, while I'm riding a bike, Mm. she's still stuck in an old story. How did it make you feel when she was calling you out on your lack of bike riding time? Well, a few things. Number one, it made me laugh initially because it was so funny. Right. It was like a snapshot of funny. But she wasn't backing down from her position. No. And and I, as you can tell by the way I talked to her, initially I was trying to be, I was defensive. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't mad, but I was like, honey, what about this? And what about this? You know, all those things where kids, they really don't want your reason. Yeah. They just are trying to tell you something. And what about what we're doing right this <laughs> what second? What about me riding you Because she said something like, you never go on a bike rides with us. And that's just comical. And just in the last, you know, it just yeah. was a funny conversation. And then I, I, by the time we got like about a block from the school, I was like, well, I go, I guess we just, you know, have a differing opinion on this. <laughs> I said, I feel like I do ride the bike quite often and I love my bike and I'm glad you love your bike. And, you know, if she... You know, because kids want to win mm-hmm. in a conversation, like see my point. Yeah. And I was wanting to make sure that she knew she was heard. But at the same time, I couldn't be like, yeah, you're right. Right. Because that, that wasn't be true. true. Right. So it was kind of like, well, we just kind of have a differing opinion. Right. But it's interesting to have this conversation now because can we as adults see how we carry old stories into the present when really it's not happening anymore, but we have an old story, you know, like say with your partner, you know, you never take out the trash, you Mm. never do it. Well, for the last month I've been doing it every week. Well, but you didn't used to take out the trash. And really that's what she's trying to say to me is why didn't you used to go on bike rides? Right. Yeah. She just misphrased the question. Exactly. So um, before we get into the guts of practicing presence, um, you want to talk about uh, the possibility of presenting? So so now that we're getting into fall, summer is over. Well, it's not fall. It's still summer. But yeah, we got children, a month left. Our children are in school. Many of you have children in school. Some of you don't go back to school till after Labor Day. But regardless, my fall schedule, I am now... Um, if anybody is interested in having me come speak at their school or their group or their organization, um, I am filling up that fall schedule right now. Um, and this, you know, I'll talk, I can talk about whatever you guys want to talk about in regards to self-awareness. You know, it can be about parenting. It can be about couplehood. It can be about yourself individually. But this, um, my blog that I'm kind of restarting, the blog itself is called Practicing Realness. And practicing realness is kind of what I tend to write about a lot, obviously what we talk about on the show. And that in itself is a good, um, like grounding understanding of practicing realness is what makes us great parents. Practicing realness is what makes us great spouses, great, uh, business people, you know, great workers, um, great friends. So, that's kind of where I'm focusing. So, and if, I will include the uh, web page off of your site yeah. in our show notes. So, yeah, just get a hold of me. You can go to uh, kathycadams.com or to zenparentingradio.com and send us an email or the Facebook page. So, let's talk a little bit about Deepak. Okay. So, um, I was, it's one of his very old books. I think it's from late 1990s or early 2000. But, I ran across something the other day and I was like, oh, that's a great description of presence. Um, And I wanted to talk about each of these to kind of give you guys an understanding, um, again, a knowledge-based understanding of when someone says, be present, um, what it means. And I think lately, Todd and I have been having lots of talks about our children and their ages because we have friends now, including my sister and uh, my niece going off to school, where our friends' children are going to college and their families are changing. And so what is the most typical thing that someone says when their family is changing? Uh, how are you handling that? No. What do they say to us because we have younger kids? Oh, uh, treasure these moments because they fly by like like nothing else. Enjoy the moment, right? Enjoy the moment. Everybody says, enjoy the moment. People said that to me the minute my first baby yes. was born. Yes. And those were usually from people whose children had gone yeah. on. and Because it flies by so quick, which is all true. It is true. It in, And now that my children are the age they are, it really is crazy um, 
how how we got here. Yeah. Like it's like a blink, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so when people say be present. <laughs> Are you full? I'm full. I had a, don't eat an egg salad sandwich before you do a podcast. Tom I had, just pulled a Homer Simpson. I unbuttoned my uh, shorts just because <laughs> it's a little a little bloated. I'm a little bloated. Oh, that was funny. I need like a uh, club soda or something. I know. I need to burp it up. I, but maybe not while we're taping, though. No, definitely not. That'd probably be best. Yes. So you should. Okay. Anyway, I'm not. Gonna, I was going to have you pull up another quote. Okay. So when someone says be present and you sit there and you go, oh, what does that mean? Be present. You know, here I am. I feel so overwhelmed already. I'm so busy. What does that mean? So one of the first ways to describe presence is alertness, being awake to your experience. Okay. Are you conscious of what's happening right now in this moment? Are not, and that's very difficult to be that way for a consistent period of time. But that's why people say anytime you take a breath, it's a meditation because you wake up for that breath and you go, oh, where am I right now? Like right now, while you're listening to this show, where are you? Mm -hmm. Are you in your car? Are you taking a breath? Are you uh, cleaning your kitchen? What are you doing? Just take a second and be like, okay, I'm conscious of where I am. See, because some people go through a lifetime without doing that. What's interesting, if they are listening, odds are they are multitasking. So automatically they're not present, but we still want you to listen to the show. Well, let's not say they're not present because you can multitask and be conscious of the fact that you're multitasking. That's true. So it's not like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. That's the last thing I want to do right. is tell people how they're doing it wrong. Um, but that don't fly. That here. don't fly here because that just is a guilt ridden, shame inducing, inducing machine. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I, I don't play that. You don't play that, homie? No, I don't play that. So, um, so alertness is one of the things. Openness. I love this. Openness means being free from expectations. Mm. Um, A lot about being present is not feeling that things should always be the same way all the time. Yeah. My child should sleep two hours a day, and if they don't, there is pathology. Well, and the way I would say that is going according to my plan. Right. My kid should sleep through the night. Well, right. maybe your kid doesn't. You right. should be open to that experience if it happens. And if they don't, first of all, please keep in mind that that is going to, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it's it's difficult, right. sleep is sleep is a touchy subject because when you are sleep deprived, it can be hard to hear anything. Yeah. Um, but being open to whatever, you know, your child comes home and says, I'm ready to quit soccer. And you're like, Ooh, that's not according to the plan. You're supposed to win the championship at the end of the year. That's right. Um, your child comes home and says, I've decided that I'm interested in taking tennis and you know nothing about tennis. So you're like, well, wait a second. You need to play baseball because I know something about baseball. I'll give you a quick example. Okay. Um, my JC took Spanish through, uh, elementary school Uh and then she took French. Yeah, she changed. And I'm like, what? Like, we already have this foundation of Spanish. And, you know, I could talk about this. I've always wanted to talk about this story, but I won't because of what we're in it. But got to be open. Maybe she's supposed to be a French teacher. I don't know. And maybe that's just, you know, her being, she's in seventh grade. Like, she's learning another language, another culture. She may go back to Spanish. She may end up taking Chinese. Mm. She may end up taking Latin. Who knows where she'll go with, with languages. But to say to, a, you know, a child going into sixth grade, you've already taken two years of Spanish. Yeah, like, oh, you, you, your, your path is already set. <laughs> It's too late. You can't switch now. You cannot turn but around. But there is a very real reaction I had to that oh, moment. Yeah. First of all, there's a lot more Spanish people speaking people in this country it's than gonna French. It's going to be the, our first language at some point. And or at least the closest. My logical brain is like, what? Like, why are you doing this? Um, but yes, of, she's in sixth freaking grade. Relax. Loosen the grip, dad. Right. And that's the thing is because we know from our culture that uh, Spanish is such a necessary... Yeah, it'll uh, help her. It's going to help her in business and you know, just in being a global citizen. Yeah. We think that's what you need, but she wanted French. So being open mm. um, and not having such set expectations yep. because they're going to get dashed. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have to figure out. And it doesn't mean you have no feelings about it. Like you had feelings about it. Yeah. But instead of diving into why you need to be right, you dove into your feelings around it. Or the why I know better than you, my daughter. Right. I know right. better than I you. I know better than you. Um, so Maybe fr- I don't. As I said, first thing is alertness. Second thing is openness. Freshness. Don't you love that word? Freshness means not being overshadowed by your past. Hmm. Fresh. Ooh, like okay. instead of so many of us, especially at our age, Todd, I'm 44, Todd's 43. There are so, well, not, there's people older than us or even worse at this, but we 
have so many stories from our past and so many stories from, you know, other people's history that we, we act as if we already know what's going to happen all the time. Oh, well, I know what's going to happen in that relationship. Oh, I know what's going to happen to that kid. You do not. I mean, you may have a, there may be some kind of template. Create some space for some surprise to show up. Um, what I wrote down was old dog, new tricks is like, oh, you can't, teach him he's been doing it this way forever like i I can't relearn how to approach something of course you can you can can. always look at something with a fresh approach it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do but if you you know first step is awareness like have a fresh attitude upon entering a situation whether it's a school project or a party you're going to just look at it with freshness instead of your baggage and there's actually a song called fresh do you remember she's fresh fresh Fresh. find that because uh, let me let me do this while you're finding that say let's use the example of jc wanting to take french so the first three that i've talked about be awake to what's happening she wants to take french it's not the biggest deal in the world it's not going to make or break her life so be awake to this is just one moment be open be free from the expectation that it needs to go the way you thought it was going to go and then be fresh don't think i already know that she's going to need this <laughs> You know who sings this? Cool in the gang. Fresh, exciting. She's so exciting to me. She's fresh, fresh, um, exciting. Is this like his se- their second best song? Um, their second best? Yeah. Favorite, uh, popular? I always liked this song they had called Misled. Do you remember that song? No, no. It's Find Celebration. Misled. It's all about celebration. Well, Celebration is the number one song that they have. Of all time? I know. No. What's the new one you're talking it's about? It's not new. Well, what's the one you're it, talking about? It's called Misled, M-I-S-L-E-D. But let me finish this statement. I guarantee you I've never heard this song. Yes, you have. Right. Here we go. Ready? Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Sweetie, nobody knows this song. There are people who know this song. There's, Keep playing it. Nobody's ever heard this song. Play it. You play it. <laughs> this is from the very best of Cool in the Gang. Because, see, it's on the best album. Where's the chorus? This is it. This is bad. Keep listening. I can't hear any of these words. You're mouthing the words. Great song. Anyway. No, it's not. You know what you need to have? What? Some freshness about Cool in the Gang songs. I thought you were going to say, like, Fresh Step. Isn't there a kitty litter for Fresh Step? There is, but we're not going to play that. So you can turn that down now. (laughs) Here we go. Party going on right here. A celebration lasts throughout the years. Most overplayed song at weddings. See, he says, and your laughter, too. I used to think he said, and your bad times, too. Well, you could bring your bad times. I'm not a good resource as far as lyrics. That's shocking. All right, go ahead. Todd, like, will listen to, like, I remember when Todd and I first started dating, he was listening to Dave Matthews all the time. Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. Remember that album? Oh, yeah. Live at Luther College, sweetie. And he was listening to it all the time. And I would, like, you know, it was on in his car. And I said something about a song, said something about lyrics, and he was like, oh, I, I don't know what they're saying in any of these songs. I go, you listen to these songs. I don't listen to the words, sweetie. I listen to the beat. I'm all about the beat. You got the beat. Like the Go-Go's. Okay. So the next one, we've got alertness, openness, freshness. Yes, this album. Now that's music, sweetie. This, I love this. Great. Sweet Jimmy thing. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So alertness, openness, freshness. The next one is innocence, not judging from an old experience, which Hmm. is somewhat similar to freshness, not being overshadowed by the past. Sounds like it's a duplication. Well, but innocence means can you look at something with a new lens? Like instead of, you know, just the word innocence, when a child sees a blade of grass they're astounded by it, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. look at this blade of grass, and there's a million of them in the lawn. Yeah, we look past the most beautiful things every day on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a huge part of presence. Is an innocence. That's why you know, talking about the poem I wrote, I can sit on my front porch, and the practice for me of presence 
and I don't even know if I'm, I'm consciously practicing or it's kind of be just something I enjoy and mm-hmm. have always appreciated is I look at that tree. I see rabbits across the street. Um, I hear that train. Mm-hmm. Um, the Oh my gosh. It, the weather has been so good. The wind, it's like. The wind blowing through the leaves of the tree is one of my favorite sounds. It's paradise. Yeah. And I live in a suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't live in Hawaii. Yeah. And it's paradise to me. And so to move out of that space and be like, rush, 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 mm-hmm. does it seems crazy to yeah. me, um, even though I need both. Yeah. Todd, let me say this as far as that poem goes. Todd's good. Um, Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you don't do... need to say anything after that, sweetie. <laughs> We're like, let's close the yeah. show. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Um, I do like to ride my bike and move and be active and go places. And sometimes I can get caught up in listening to the birds. So I like, for as much as I can challenge Todd with that, I don't want to get on a train in 10 minutes or 19 minutes. I do like to go out and do things. So Todd's good for me in that way because if I was just all by myself, you I might, I might get lost. Yeah. Well, and that's the metaphor that I have uh, that we talk about all the time, the head and Head in the clouds, feet on the ground. Right. I'm more the feet on the ground person. Right. You're more the head on the head in the clouds person. Yes. And we balance each other out. And we right. did on Saturday. Yes. It was a nice balance. We found a good, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. So uh, the next one, speaking of, um, so spontaneity, allowing new impulses to come in without criticism or censorship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who write like I do, <laughs> writing is such a funny experience because you'll have something come into your head like, God, what a great sentence or what a great paragraph or what a great idea. And as soon as you start to write it, you start to criticize yourself. Yeah. You start to censor your words. You start to say, this is actually isn't a creative idea or it doesn't sound the way I think it should or no one's going to care about this anyway. Being a writer is a really interesting practice of you've written some things too, sure. so you know what I'm talking about. It's a really interesting practice in what our brain does to us. Yeah. Um, so spontaneity is just do it, mm-hmm. just write it, and and let it sit for a while. Or you know, instead of oh, I'm not going to have fun, just go. Here's my thing: allow yourself to surprise yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, there's many times where I'm really even keel. That's just my personality. I'm even keel. And if something happens to me, either very sad, then I can't cry or I can't get emotional because I'm Mr. Even Keel or vice versa. If something is very, happens to be very joy filled, I cannot, I, I have these walls sometimes that build up. Am I like, who am I? I'm, I'm even keel guy. I can't mm. express boundless joy because that's not who I am. My work is to allow for more spontaneity to show up in my yes. life. And not always in activity, mm-hmm. but in emotional expression. Yes, yes. See, because that's very different because I think when we say spontaneity, a lot of people think that means that they should be like, decide to go eat out yeah. or something. Like it's some like No, this doing. is like an emotional discussion, right? As far as spontaneity goes, right. allow yourself to be surprised at how you react instead right. of saying, this is who I am. This is the role I play in my family and I'm not going to divert from that role. Right. And be I, different. Be, be different. Be crazy. Be weird. Keep Portland weird. Keep, keep Portland weird. I I think that that is can be sometimes the most fun part of being present in a moment is recognizing what your thoughts do, mm-hmm. and instead of being angry with them, um, you you laugh. Like I have such smiles at my own thoughts. Um, because of meditation, they don't really scare me anymore. I can't say that I'm never afraid. That would be a lie. But sometimes when I see all the shoulds, uh-huh. you should, you should, like even in a meditation, you should be meditating better. Um, it's funny. Like, you know, don't just because you're thinking it doesn't mean it's true. Don't believe all your thoughts. Don't believe all your thoughts. So spontaneity in relationship to ourselves. Um, how, how many do we have by the way? Uh, we, that is one, two, three, four, five. We have two more. Okay. The next one is fearlessness. Oh, the absence of trauma from the past. Now I don't like the way he says that because you can't have an absence of trauma from the past. I think what he's trying to say is, can you experience something in the moment without carrying all those traumas with you Mm -hmm. instead of like, say you really want to, like I'll give an example that just came into my head and we've shared this on the show before. When Todd and I decided we wanted to get a pet, 
or actually he didn't fully decide, but I really wanted to get a pet for myself and the girls. And Todd's first thought was, but then the girls are going to have a trauma because the pet the pet's going to die, die and it's going to suck and, and I don't want to deal with that. And that in itself is bringing a traumatic experience of your own mm-hmm. into the moment. Yeah. So it's no longer a fearless moment. Yeah. Fearlessness, as Taylor Swift tells us and many other people, but this happens to be in Taylor Swift's liner notes of her album Fearless. Fearless does not mean that you don't have fear. Fearless means that you move forward with the fear. With the fear. Or through the fear. Or as Tony Robbins says, the fear is always there, but you dance with it. Mm-hmm. You allow it to come along. Yeah. And I've used his language in my head a lot because a lot of old stuff come up comes up in me in certain situations. And my response to it when I am in a, pre- a good conscious place is I say, you can come along with us, meaning I'm not going to repress you, but you're going to have to come along for the ride because we're already doing this. Mm-hmm. So even though you're afraid, fear, you you just get to come but not ruin the show. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm going to try to find, there's a quick video and I'm not going to play it right now, but it'll hopefully be in the show notes where Tony goes through that process with somebody from the audience yes, dancing like he with did the fear. Saw it. Yeah. And while Todd's finding that, um, one of the things that I love um, that Pima Children says, and I think it's it's probably uh, in Buddhism, and she's just reciting it. It may not be her own, um, but in her book Living Beautifully, the quote that I underlined like ten times was, "No resistance, no demons." Mm-hmm. And what that means is, if things come up in you and you accept it, and you say, "Yep, there's my fear," or "Yep, there's my trauma," or "Yep, there's my past," there's no demon to torture you. Because demons, my definition of demons, are those things going on inside of you that you're unwilling to look at. Yeah. So they become so scary and repressed that you get afraid of yourself. Right. And if you look at it, if there's no resistance, meaning you allow it, yeah. then there's no demons. Um, I will post it the show notes. I don't know how good the audio will be on it, but if you go to our show notes, you'll see Tony Robbins doing a pretty good... Uh, description of how you can not overcome fear, but to dance with it. Dance with it. And it's, and you know, that's the thing. We got to bring some lightness to life. Like there's so much old dialogue about life being about suffering that we think that in order to like have some kind of breakthrough or access to something within us, we have to suffer to get there. Mm -hmm. And what I love about, you know, Tony dancing with the fear is why not find a silly way Mm -hmm. to handle all of the the inner workings of our lives? Um, Todd, on our Facebook page, if you scroll down, I posted something that Elizabeth Gilbert posted the other day. um, And it was a quote uh, from the Talmud. I think it's called Talmud. I don't want to say it the wrong way because I really don't know. Um, But it's about Judgment Day. Like scroll down like four or five things on our Facebook page. Do, 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 do. And while you're doing that, okay, I will read the last. Oh, there it is. Oh, do you, you see want me it? to read it? Yeah. What does it say? A person will be called to account on Judgment Day for every permissible thing he might have enjoyed but did not. So why I loved that post from her and why that quote is important to me is because we often look at life the other way. Like, I'm not going to do that to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have that joy-filled experience or I'm not going to enjoy that because I don't want the other shoe to drop. I don't want... We think we protect ourselves by staying numb and isolated and depressed. Mm -hmm. And it's... What if we... You know, we we scare ourselves with so much information, like there's going to be some judgment day, which I don't believe in that. But I... What if we kind of played with it and said the judgment... That is actually it's not for occur. things that you did. It's for things that you, you chose not to do. It's the joy yeah. that you were unwilling to experience yeah. because of your fear. Yeah. Because if we used that as a motivator, like here's something fun and and joy filled and something I can appreciate, and instead of pushing away from it, we actually it's the whole thing that Brene ta- Brene Brown talks about with leaning into joy. Mm-hmm. You know, you you lean into it. You instead of um, when you have that feeling of, 
oh my gosh, this is such a great moment. You know, I'm having such a good time with my kid. Oh my God, what happens when they leave the house? How, you know, you start to go into this like yeah, negative spiral. Lean is a more subtle word of experiencing instead of jumping in with both feet then that may create resistance because if I jump in with both feet, then it will eventually go go away. away. Whereas if you just lean into it, it's that's that language is softer, more inviting. And you breathe it in and it will dissipate. Just like I said, you know, this too shall pass. Mm. So does joy. Joy comes and goes. Sadness comes and goes. We can't hold any of it. But when the joy comes, can you breathe it in and appreciate it? What's number seven? Uh, So the last one is replenishing the capacity to renew oneself from within. This is just self-care. Can you replenish yourself and appreciate that your job, your personal responsibility is to consistently renew yourself from within? Sharpen the saw, as Stephen Covey would say. Keep working. And keep, but it's not working. I don't like that word. What word do you like, sweetie? Well, Capacity to renew oneself is a resting thing. It's an appreciation. You mean keep working on yourself? Yeah. Okay. I I, I can. Or I, keep trucking. You can use trucking, <laughs> sweetie. It's all good. So let me finish it up by saying this: to give you the opposite of what these things are: alertness, openness, freshness, innocence, spontaneity, fearlessness, replenishing. This is what the opposite is: dull instead of alert, closed off instead of open, stale instead of fresh, knowing instead of innocent, planned or routine instead of spontaneous, anxious instead of fearless, depleting instead of replenishing. And you see now when you see them that way, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, wait, I do a lot of those those. things. I can be dull and closed off and knowing, you know, knowing is I think one of the most transparent things. Yeah, for sure. People act as if They've already figured it all out. Yeah, I have an experience like that last week, didn't I? Yes, you did. Maybe I'll talk to you all about that sometime. Yeah. But not ready. Where somebody, without sharing your story, where someone assumes they know... Everything about me. Right. And a lot of other people without knowing my name. Right. And we do that all the time. It's funny. Um, I want to read this. Um, This has come... You know this Facebook page better than I do. Humans from New York... Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. So this is kind of long, but it's really worthwhile. So can you explain what Humans of New York is No, first? you do it. So if you go on the Facebook page, there is this guy who created this page called Humans of New York. His name's Brandon. I don't know his last name, but he, he's he got an interesting story. You'd have to go to the page. But he goes around New York and he takes pictures of people, just your everyday New Yorker, and then gets a quote from them about something going on in their life. And why it's so meaningful is these people are of all different ages, races, you know, ethnicities, and you realize that we're all going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So So this is when he was in Iran or no, Pakistan. So what he did just a couple months ago is he started traveling. So doing the same thing in different places, different places. So he's in he was in Pakistan. Imagine that every time you lapse in judgment, it gets printed in newspapers around the world. Every time you lose patience with your children, every time you scream at someone in traffic, every time you drink too much and do something you regret, each time you slip up, everyone hears about it. The world is never notified about the 99.99% of the time that you are a completely normal, productive, law-abiding citizen. The world only learns about you when things go wrong. Now imagine imagine what the world would think of you. It's not that terrorism, patriarchy, and violence aren't real problems in Pakistan. They exist, and the country is battling these issues every single day. Pakistanis are are very much aware of the extremism in their midst. The problem is that so many people seem to only be aware of that extremism. Because just as in the hypothetical example above, the other 99.99% of life just doesn't make the news. When there's only room in the newspaper for a single column about Pakistan, it's going to be filled with the most compelling story. And unfortunately, that tends to be the most violent story. And those are the important and those are important stories. Those are the types of stories that expose corruption, stop genocide, and alert that the world alert the world to emerging threats. It is right for those stories to be told. 
But when those stories are all that we hear, it's so easy to imagine a world that's far scarier than it really is. You lose sight of the 99.9% of the world that's not scary at all. And living in fear can be a dangerous thing because if we're afraid, if we're afraid of each other, we'll never be able to work together to solve our common problems. That's right. That's beautiful. And the picture that went along with it is about seven or eight little boys from Pakistan just kind of hanging together. And those seven or eight little boys are no different than the seven or eight little boys that are on the corner of my street. Um, They are little boys and they have parents who love them Mm -hmm. and families who adore them. And yes, they're surrounded by some things that can be difficult and scary, um, but they in themselves are not difficult and scary. Heck no. And um, we... That's a projection that we have. Talk about not being alert and open and fresh and innocent and fearless and replenishing. We instead view somebody or we view a country or we view a political party and we say they are that. No. And it's just – I think that's just a beautiful two paragraphs of information. So – um, and and like you said, right now, that was Pakistan, and now he's moved to Iran, mm-hmm. and he's doing the same thing there. So if you haven't liked yeah, the like his of page. New York page. It's really inspire, inspiring. Uh, our second partner is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kelly. She treats uh, my whole family uh, twice a month. The website is chirotree.com, 630-941-8733. Uh, check out Dr. Kelly. Um, a few things I want to promote, sweetie is my Zen finance class. I only have a few people signed up and you know, we always share our successes. It could be that I only have a few people sign up for this class. That's right. And that's okay. Right. Um, but if you're interested, uh, we're going to talk a lot about a book by the name of Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. If you're interested, it will be in the show notes. It's all about taking control of your financial house, getting support. Um, so it's going to be good. So hopefully, um, there's some people out there that might be interested. If not, I'm going anyways, even with my buddy, Kevin and his son, we're going to do it together. (laughs) The three of us. That's right. Well, and anytime you start something brand new, brand new things don't often like shoot off like a rocket. Most of the time they don't. They, you have to kind of build, Mm -hmm. you know, Todd always remembers my first class that I ever decided to teach. Sweetie was sad. (laughs) Nobody signed up. What when was that? It was right after JC was born. So yeah, it was like twelve years ago. Two thousand three. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna teach a class. I'm gonna be an entrepreneur and do this on my own and z- I mean not not one person, yeah, but zero people. Yeah, I felt bad for you, sweetie. I know, I felt bad for me. Um, so that is my money thing. Um a, a conference is coming along beautifully. Yes. We have our team assembled. Should we say what their names are? Craig? Christine and, and Jessica. Christine and Jessica. So it's going to be good, and you're going to get a lot more information in the weeks to come. Uh, but if you do want to register, you can right now. We'll have a little bit more polished of a presentation in the next few weeks, but I will include the registration page on the show notes as well. And that's for March 11th and 12th, and it's a conference with people, people we, love, we love, Zen Parenting Conference. Mm-hmm. And um, How much else? time do we have? We're at 47 minutes. Ah, bummer. I wanted to talk about something else. No, no, no time, sweetie. All right. Uh, we have a few iTunes reviews. This is from Dr. Mark W. Okay. People always say, I wish there was a parental, a parenting manual. Kathy and Todd's podcast is just that. Not only does it help you become a better parent, but a better you so that you can have a better relationship with your spouse and child. Their advice does not force you into a certain mold, but gives you the self-awareness to break the mold and find what works best for you. I really appreciate how off, how open they are in expressing their own trials and tribulations. Their openness makes them more relatable and makes you feel more comfortable in your own skin. So you don't feel like you're the only one going through this life's journey alone. Thank you, Todd and Kathy, for guiding me to become a better self-aware parent and spouse. Thank you. So, that was very kind. Yeah. Don't forget to give us an iTunes review. It helps uh, the visibility of our podcast and uh, share our Facebook posts and tell a friend. Just tell one friend. That's all we want. What else you got, sweetie? Um, well, I think that's it for today because I had a whole other thing here, but it could not be taken care of in a minute. No it's way, just Jose. too um, long. Turn them in a bed. Turn them in a bed. Turn them in a bed. Um, this is a quick one, but... You know how you and I always want to go see movies and we can't because these kids get in our way? Yeah. Um, But then three months will go by and we'll have the entire 
library of all movies ever made on iTunes and we can we say nothing's on. I know. Why is that? I don't know. So Todd and I will go see a movie and there'll be a bunch of, you know, trailers before the movie. Like, oh, we got to see that. We're like, oh, we got to see that. And then we'll even see it mm-hmm. on iTunes and we'll be like, oh, I don't want to see that Yeah, anymore. I don't want to see that anymore. What is that? I think it's freshness. The freshness is gone. Do you think? I want to go see Nebraska, that black and white one with what's his name from Saturday Night Live? Uh, uh, Will Forte? Yeah. Well, it's actually Bruce Dern is the yeah, star. I'm really yeah. excited to see that. But now I have it on my DVR and I just can't bring myself to see it. Yeah. What is up with that? I don't know. It's happened. And the other thing that you and I do is that we enjoy looking for movies more than we actually like watching the movie. You guys, you know what? One of my, it's not really a secret because I'm about to tell you, uh, we have Apple TV and um <laughs> God, it's so loud you're loud in my ears sticks Not in my ear dennis d young he wrote mr roboto because he thought it was gonna be a big theater Not quite presentation song anyway nice one nurse nice one he um no let me start over uh, on apple tv <laughs> There's this little thing. Apple TV has all these things that you can do, and I bet people use like one-eighth of those things. Yeah. Because, kind of like our brain. Yeah, there's like a Red Bull station. Yeah. What's on the Red Bull station? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Different drinks yeah. you can make. Um, anyway, there is a trailer icon, and if you click on the trailer yeah. icon, you can watch all the trailers of yeah. the movies that have like are coming out, coming soon in the theaters. I can watch that. For hours. I yeah. feel like I watch like 50 movies. Yeah. And that's, I will say that that is kind of a, um, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? An observation and how I need that in kind of entertainment. Yeah. That I'm unwilling to, to sit. expend an hour and a half. Exactly. I'd rather see it in two and a half I'd minutes. rather get all that emotion thrown at me in, in a two minute trailer. Yeah. Check. Done with that. Yeah. So I got to work, I got to work on being more. Uh, fresh and alert and open and innocent. And spontaneous and, and fearless, fearless and replenishing. And replenishing. So those things, in summary, are good descriptors, knowledge-based descriptors of what it means to be present. And if you can maybe take one or two of those and be conscious of it, um, you can put that presence into practice. That's right. Um, so anyways, uh, sweetie, you have two books. I do. So no, if... honey, I have three books. Sorry, three. <laughs> three books. You have two two really good ones and one outstanding one. Oh, that's How about nice. That? That's nice. So you can get those on Amazon. What are they what's the names of these books? Uh, self-aware parent, self-aware parent two, living what you want your kids to learn, the power of self-aware parenting. And we can't forget about our last partner, Jeremy Kraft. He runs Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. He's a bald-headed beauty, and his website is avidcode.net. Anything else you got, sweetie? No, I'm good. Uh, keep trucking, everybody. And if the sun's out, guns are out. And have a good day. Adios.